0: On today's episode of Strike Gold, we have Amir Shvat with us. If the names Google, Slack, Twitch means anything to you, you want to listen to this episode.
1: listening to Strike Gold with Jonathan Gun and Roy Bavarczyk, and today we have a special guest, Amir Shvat. He said it for heaven. Yeah, he said it good, right? Yeah. said it good. You're Listen, awesome. he taught me. Like, it yeah. wasn't you, Roy. It was all him. It was. <laughs> like he, what you guys didn't hear was a coaching meeting. Yeah, it was a coaching hand. meeting. I did this for 20 minutes, and then it came out pretty good. I was scared, though
0: basically our, our 100th episode would be a compilation of
1: me of saying every name in the cover <laughs> that's good that's actually pretty funny uh, so thank you all for joining us and thank you Amir for joining us thank you for having me you guys don't fully understand yet how amazing this is but I'm going to let Amir introduce himself a little and then you'll, you'll understand why this is crazy amazing all right, build up. No, yeah, seriously, yeah. It's like, I'm I'm excited. Roy and I don't usually come on Sundays to do podcasts, <laughs> but right. this, this is it. For you, we'll do it. it. Yeah. So first of all, we're st- well, uh, like we'll we'll hype it up.
0: Okay. Oh my right. god. Okay, okay. Yeah. Go hype. I know. So first of all, we're happy because you're here with us physically. Usually, you yep. live in Palo Alto, right? Yep. So it you're here for it. like a. For, like a, uh, for I was a vic- yeah, I was on vacation, but but I saw you gave like four, five, yeah. Six?
2: four, f- yeah, four presentations and uh, a couple of podcasts and a uh, few lectures. Uh, yeah, but so, this so. is your favorite podcast. It, it is, is, yeah, it okay, is, okay, okay, that's that's good, just to make sure.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah okay, <laughs> it's uh, <clear>. Yeah, <laughs> he, he didn't want to include us with the rest because yeah, there's yeah. Some, podcasts there's some podcasts and then there's this, this. Oh my god! Uh, so your <laughs> vacation was position. basically the average person uh, busy two weeks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's a vacation compared to my actual day job. Right. So, yeah. just just before we go into what you do now, because you've built up to this to this uh, what you do now, I I, I don't want to say something like uh, everything you've done so far built you up to this, but it's like, but you it kind of makes it feel it's, like it's the end when someone says that, right? I, I know. I just feel like, like I'm the quoting. <laughs>
1: the,
0: I feel I feel like I'm quoting everything the Avengers. The Avengers today, uh, trailer here. No, but but some of your last roles were pretty fantastic, both oh. in like. Thank you. I've been what, fortunate. Yeah. You've been fortunate and you've been doing an amazing job at them. So it's a combination. Like like you were fortunate, but you were also, uh, you kind of got what you
1: deserve in a good way. You know what I mean? Thank you. That's what I, how I see it, at least. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so nice. You got what you deserve in a nice way. <laughs> yeah. I never heard used in that way, but right. it's honestly, you got what you no, deserve what you deserved but, uh, in a nice way. <laughs> so <laughs> should I, with all this buildup,
0: should I start? Uh, start because yeah. we, we've I think we've met the first time uh, through
2: Cool campus, maybe? Yeah. Yep. So that was five, six years ago? It was seven years ago. Seven years ago. Seven years years ago. So I I worked in a few startups, worked in a few uh, companies here in Israel. I'm an engineer by traits. Worked at Converse, uh, built two startups, uh, crashed one of them, uh, sold the other, um, and then joined... Uh, Microsoft, working with uh, startups and enterprises to connect them into uh, the .NET world and bring them on the web. Um, and then went to for two years in New Zealand. My wife decided that we need to live on the other side of the world. And down we, under. Down <laughs> under. And I went there and I found a job and we just moved there with the kids for two years, which were awesome. That's amazing. Um, came back and joined Google to run uh, developer relations here, to be patient zero for developer relations here. Uh, To start uh, the engagement between Google and startups and developers. And then co founded campus together with Professor Yossi Matias right. and Ayala Miller. Um, that was amazing. Uh, an amazing experience. Uh, where it's we still runs to the day. Still, still runs today. Now it's a four story building. Yeah I, I love yeah, how they just moved it to like yeah, a new idea yeah, Martha said like yeah we're
0: changing things a bit or Michal told me that and then I was like so you used to have like a half a floor, full floor.
2: Yeah. Now it's a building. That's now a it's a full building with a cafe, all the things that we wanted initially, now it's right. here. Wow. And that was very exciting. I I just uh, presented there. Uh, it was a very interesting experience. They asked me if I am I a registered uh, member of campus. Mm. And that was like, that's yeah. uh, that was <laughs> nice. a, Let me just do my thumbprint here.
1: <laughs> Everything starts opening up and doors yeah. are like opening. And like, I, the password on? to your Wi-Fi is my ID number. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes, <laughs> I've been here funny. before. It's um, always the people who get it who said the passwords. It's like, it's
2: my phone number. <laughs> 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 call it. Uh, and then I was asked uh, about five years ago to move uh, from Israel to the States to, uh, do this globally to manage uh, developer relations uh, engagement with startups all around the world, um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, we did this all over the world. We launched a program called Launchpad and brought developers and startups and Googlers and mentors all together to create like an innovation uh, around the world. It was it was amazing. And then uh, an ex Googler uh, called April Underwood, who's now the CPO of. Um, of Slack uh, pinging me and said, hey, we're, we're launching a platform in a couple of months. Why don't you join us and build developer relations for Slack? And I was like, oh, wow, that sounds awesome. It's a small startup. It was 120 people at the time. Yeah. Um, Yes, I'll do that. And I moved to, uh, to Slack. And that was, uh, we started with a thousand developers. Uh, when I left, we had 250,000 developers wow. with active tokens. Um, and Slack, when I left, was about 1,500 people, so like 10x's uh, in, in, mo- in two years. Um, and then, last but not least, uh, um, a year ago, um, Twitch um, reached out to me and asked me to um, build their developer products um, and to integrate games into Twitch. Um, I don't know how many of your users know Twitch or have seen Twitch, but... I think most of them have seen it. I don't think yeah, that they I, th- I think I it. think
0: a lot of people, maybe especially in Israel, maybe, maybe it's an age group and we're getting old,
1: let's be honest. Uh, yeah, so, it's so like we an age don't group, fully understand it's also, Twitch. I think, it's also, we're talking mostly to marketers who are probably looking at Twitch as like, okay, here's a group of people if I ever wanted to advertise on, or like right. keyword, I, these are the people. If you're interested in Twitch, you're interested in what I'm doing. Yep. But, yeah. But um, I don't think that they necessarily, yeah. I don't think marketers use it.
0: I, I feel that like, like most of us, and we had a conversation about this, is like, I think most people, or most, I want to say older people maybe,
1: I don't know if it's an age thing or not. Uh, it is an age thing in the sense of like, could you right now imagine making money having career as a gamer?
0: No, Could but, you imagine going to, be, to a competition and winning to be,
1: millions of wait, dollars to be like honest, Dota 2?
2: To be honest, I was never a gamer, even when I was like, younger. I no can tell you ago. that I just <laughs> right. presented to, uh, to Shmonima Time, to the army sure. unit, 25-year-olds, uh, all of them, 100% of them were using uh, Twitch, Twitch oh, really? on a daily basis. I, day I think that if you're a gamer, it doesn't matter what age
1: you are into Twitch these days, um, so for me, I'd I think, think the, the, the concept of a gamer has changed so much because, like, a gamer for me was like, "Oh, you played games, you were so, into okay. games." Like people would be like, "Oh, did you play this game?" And You'd be like, "Oh, yeah, I did. I got uh, Diablo two or whatever." So and I now gamer is like, "Yeah, <laughs> no, it's the best game ever." <laughs> no, but the, but the idea is that like now it's a, it's a bigger thing. When you talk about Dota two, by the way, I, this is one of the things I told Wix that they should market on, and they didn't really like listen to me. I was like, "Listen, there's a competition for this game called Dota two. They had they raised, I think, on one of the first one, the game gave." A certain amount of millions to get the whole competition up and running and then the actual gamers raised I think like eight million dollars for the winning prizes kind of thing so five little kids who played video games together and on the stage Went home with a million dollars a piece, or like this, something like that as a prize, which is insane. To think that you can turn to your parents now and go, "Listen, mom, dad, I don't need school. I play video games." <laughs> so like so we have
0: actually hundreds of thousands of those people. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so what I think was interesting, and I think we can start talking about Twitch a little bit from that, uh, is that when when we sat down and talked before, I was like. I don't know, like who would wh- I told you this, and I think a lot of people, I want to say my age or not gamers, basically said like, why would somebody pay
2: to see somebody else play a video game? And then you said, uh, uh, some yeah, simple thing to me, and you changed my entire world. It's basically. very simple. I, when I was a kid, I used to wake up at four in the morning to see NBA. I used right. to like go to my friend because it was Israel time. Yeah, and yeah. you, it, it's now that I'm in California, I understand that it's the actual <laughs> normal people time. <laughs> uh, as a kid, I was sure that people play. NBA at yeah, yeah, four they, in the morning. That's what they, they do. They do yeah. <laughs> so I used to wake up and it hit me that my, our audience at Twitch have the same experience of like I'm seeing something together with other people. Right. I have a, I have this community experience. And if people used to watch a lot of sports, now they watch eSports. And if exactly. they used to uh, play basketball, now they look at CSGO and tournaments that they have on Overwatch League. So This is the type of uh, experience that our audience uh, is, is a is
0: kind of rebranding the idea of gaming
2: to professional gaming which is like uh, basically sports Get yes. like the same idea it's sports it's like- and it's community it's all about community so right. these people who are uh, passionate about their game are broadcasting their game live and creating a community experience the key here is that because it's live and you have chat you have this engagement with the audience that is unparalleled and very very unique and right. um, people when they tell me that they love Twitch they love Twitch they love their streamer and they love the game so there's a lot of emotion that are um, right. connected into the experience, right? And and and
0: and and going on with the the, the sport thing, it is, is like you would watch a game when we were younger. We thought like uh, football, soccer. Yep. that's like a game. Exactly, but that was like a legitimate game to watch. And now I think gaming. I think it was. It's an audience that was kind of overlooked for too long as being. Uh, Marked as kids or
2: hobbyists or teens or whatever. And now it's everyone. Right. Once Drake uh, tweeted about this this year, and once Ninja became like a thing that not only gamers but also everyone knows, of, I talk to people and everyone knows these kind of heroes, right? right? So they became uh, popular culture heroes and Dr. Disrespect. And like these are names that are every kid and every grown up. Michael knows. Jordan. Yeah, yeah exactly. 100%. Exactly. So, and these people are ongoing and create a habit, uh, and cre- and people watch them for hours. So that's that's. Do they have important. the same?
0: Um, because one of the things that works for sports, like uh, let's call it like like uh, I'm going to call it now traditional sports, yep. because I think this is the sports now as well. Um, so you have, like, uh, every Sunday there's a game at some point. Do they work the same way that they have, like, a...
2: They work 8 hours, 12 hours a day. They do hackathons. It's very hard if you think about it. These right. are, like, hard games uh, and, they, and they are building their business and building their community for hours on end. Um, they know that if they drop off, it's a matter of, like, losing part of the community. So we're working with them to create an experience that turns the viewers, because streamers need to be entertaining for a very very long time right. uh, our job my team's job is to create experiences that turns viewers into active participants that's if you would ask my team's mission That that is what we're trying that's, to that's,
1: do mm-hmm. that's the new, unique difference between as you said conventional sports that you used to watch is that you could never talk into the ear of Michael Jordan or hear what he was thinking as right. he was going to, about but, to do a play but that's
0: part of the interesting thing going into like esports is basically uh, this, this is sports for the for the screen age right like like basically once you had television then then base ba- like basketball and baseball would had become also screen for tv and now in the screen age, this is what you do and it's, this is the way you take the personal experience into a community
2: level and, uh, and, 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 and the rules are different the, the rules are totally different and uh, pr- the participation of the viewers is I think the key, I'll give you an example um, first or second week of my job at Twitch, I was filling out paperwork because that's what you do when you join a company and behind me, I he- I, there's a room and I hear, whoa wow And people are like screaming, and I'm like, oh, I'm getting major FOMO here. I'm missing out on a big thing. I open the door and I see like a big portion of my leads, of my directors, and they're playing, uh, they're watching a game called Darwin Project. It's like Fortnite, but the audience choose who to kill every time, every couple of minutes. Oh my god, that's... that's okay. and, and, and the, the audience choose who to heal every couple of minutes. Oh, nice. So it's like such an in, involved experience. Um, that's where we, we want to take the experience. We want to te- we want you to um, predict what will be the outcome of the game. We want you to help the, the streamer uh, navigate a maze. We want you to press heal and heal him or her. And we want you to be uh, active participant in the experience. And I think that's where the magic hits. I keep thinking of all the Japanese stuff. Like, many, many
1: years ago, there was lots of documentaries, many, many, uh, about, like, kids who were playing too much games. And it was like, oh, how do we get the kids out of addiction? And they used to send them to, like, these places. And then you think about all the anime shows that are like this, that are basically pushing the envelope on gaming. And they're saying, like, uh, there was a big one on Netflix. It was called Sword Art Online but the whole concept was is that everyone got there was the new VR set where you could actually feel it you were in the game everyone put it on and the person who made the game locked everyone in and decided that it was going to be real from now on and you had to get to the tier one had to get out of the game it was like people could actually yeah. die and it was like this you're taking it to the next level you're just saying how can i push gaming to the next spot and now you're giving people the option to be god where well, they get to give you the health or not, you fall in the puddle. You don't fall in the puddle. You get, you know. Yeah, the but they thing. don't actually push physically anybody. Yeah, <laughs> they get, to, they get yeah, it yeah. to
2: go. You can take off the VR stuff. Take like, it off. It, can, no, 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 no. It. Of course you can take the VR stuff. That's just for now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but um, and from no, but a marketing it's pretty cool. It's also very cool because it creates local heroes and influencers. Right. right, these people who play the game become the heroes that represent the game itself. So or I, hated which is like yeah I'm gonna mess with this
1: guy which is the underdog which even puts even the other side of it where you're going they're all gonna take off his life but he's gonna make
0: it you know like that's (laughs) but you you do you create like different narratives and uh, that's interesting because there's so many segmentations to go into this world and, and even the micro influences are
2: pretty big yeah, if you, if you look at us, we're like a TV, a TV network with 2 million, 3 million channels that are open all the time. So it creates a niche community of people right. who are really passionate about an entertainer, about a community experience, and about a game. Uh, and we have different types of people. We have people who come in and learn how to play the game. There are people who are uh, affiliated with certain streamer and really like his or hers personality. So if right. they change the game, they don't care about it. They care about the community. Uh, I even I've talked to streamers who are not into games. There's a streamer I talk to. she every evening she asks the audience what to paint and then she streams herself painting. Uh, the what what the audience told her to paint, and then she sells it at the end of the evening, and that's how she makes money. Wow! On an ongoing basis, that is the uh, that mm, is the experience. Crazy. So that's called in real life. So it's an IRL uh, category in, in Twitch. So this is already defining the difference.
1: If I wanted to ask a question, which I now feel like is absolutely I don't need to ask it, which is the difference between YouTube and Twitch. Is the is that Now you've kind of taken yeah. it a couple of steps further than just watching. You're participating, you're involved, and there's yep. a communication aspect to it.
0: I also feel that there's a huge. I think every product or every platform has like the reason you went into it. So YouTube is about. YouTube is. is I think they're falling into the same category as TV in terms of its like passive con- uh, consumption. So. Um, like YouTube is the evolution, not of the television. YouTube is, I think, is the evolution of like the VHS and the DVD, which is the content on demand. VOD is not is the same thing. Um, and, but YouTube, I think, is is in the world of content consumption, where you want choose what you want to see, but yeah. you want to be passive. It's for, TV in, with a search bar. Yeah. yeah, and and Twitch is about the. Inter, it's I think I want to say the interaction, but I think it's so much more.
2: Like it is I, so much it more. It is interaction and it's community experience and it's your moment in fame. I can give you an example. Uh, we have a developer um, that built uh, an application on Twitch called Sound Alerts, and it lets viewers play a two second sound inside the stream. So you can say, like, it, you, you pay for it, you put a uh, you, you pay for something, and then you say, hey, I'm putting uh, this amount of bits, it's a virtual good that we uh, give viewers, to play a horn or to clap inside the stream as a sound that everybody listens to. Oh. So it's like, look left, or good job, or something like that. You can play that as a, as a viewer. People spend the equivalent of $100 for a two seconds play inside the stream. So the engagement and monetization. Just giving them a voice inside the TV. I remember the first time my kid subscribed to a streamer and when you subscribe the streamer gets a notification and he goes and says thank you Johnny for uh, for your uh, subscription. And my kid is like Whoa! Like he I noticed was on me. TV, yeah, yeah, that is the magical it's moment like when you get shout outs on on yeah. the, like live, where
1: yeah. people like start the live. They go, "Hey, Susie, thanks for being on the live right. again." And you're like, exactly. oh, "This is my name."
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's like
1: you're being recognized. I, uh, actually, before, we,
0: how do you see this changing? I mean, it's obviously already changed. How gamer, not gamers, but uh, how game companies are approaching
2: marketing because for them that's like a heaven that's like huge yeah. so, so so PUBG uh, did a, a, a fantastic talk in the last GDC in the game developer conference in mm-hmm. San Francisco talking how they engineered their game to be fun to play and fun to watch and how they engaged the local heroes the streamers to to gain distribution for the for their games so for them one of the biggest distribution channels because i think
0: even computer store like when we were younger Used to get discs, right? Used to get discs. No, but you would go into your computer. Like, first of all, there was a computer store, which was not Apple, not Samsung, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a computer store. And you go, there was like tons of computers, different things, yeah. and there were games everywhere. On the wall. And, uh, yeah, on the wall. And you could have cho- ch- chosen one or noticed one.
2: And now it's a whole different thing. Now it's a whole different thing. Now I think people come and learn about different games. When I talk to streamers, the most common question they get is what what is this game and how, where can I get it? Right. So the, the Distribution and understanding and love and branding that you get towards the game comes from the streamer itself. They're the local heroes that you that you connect to.
0: Right. So, so they're like the main almost the
2: biggest vendor you have also like yeah they're they're the biggest engagement they're the biggest um, channel that you can create so if one of our top streamers really like your game they're gonna play it for a long time and if it's fun to play and fun to watch you're gonna gain a lot of so so when a uh, company does their like um, marketing strategy
0: they say like we're gonna reach X amount of either based on number of twitchers or twitchers that's what you call like when you creators creators okay um... Uh, we're gonna like we're gonna reach X amount of creators or we're gonna target creators who have X amount of subscribers and that's like a big part probably right now from their uh, from the marketing strategy and probably costs a lot of money
2: yeah from a product perspective they need to make sure that the game is not only fun to play mm-hmm. but also fun to watch I would recommend bringing streamers even in the design stage to try out and a lot of the of the game companies do that that's right. and and then they do their strategy for go to market that involves Influencers. Right. Uh, we actually have a product that lets them uh, put bounties on their mm-hmm. games and get streamers excited about uh, playing the game for a certain duration for for a bounty.
0: Is there a way for a gaming company
2: these days to actually gain traction, not through mm-hmm. Twitch? I'm sure you can spend a lot of money in other ways like on media. And, and traditional media. And I'm, I'm not saying this is the only way, but this is definitely the way going moving forward. And this is the steroid way. It's like the fast I'm, one. To I'm, get I'm thinking. Out
0: there. I, I think one of the big games that I saw launching. Like, again, I'm not a big gamer, so so it might be that my focus of interest just just get crossed better with this
1: and other. I feel things. like you should have played Fortnite with me just for research. You I know, I never played Fortnite. Yet. I know, but I got I got really sick of hearing my kids' friends say my cousins are going to play with us, but they said you're a noob, so they won't play with you. And I was like, noob?
2: My son's not a noob. <laughs> so, just to give you some context on how big this is, in the, six, in the first six months of this year, uh, Fortnite has been watched 17,000 years of viewing. Wow. That's two hours for every man, woman, and child in Europe. That's God how jammed. big it is in the first six months. This is why they w- don't work
1: from four to seven. Now I'm not gonna. F- I'm gonna <laughs> feel a little more guilty when I yell at my kids. Stop watching me play and start playing. Like what's <laughs> happening? He'll I mean, be like, oh, I'm but that's also that's interesting insights because his kid actually loves to see him play. The yeah, game more than actually play. believe yeah, that's what used to happen when you were a kid? Like again, you didn't have video games. Like your childhood was horrible. But my childhood, <laughs> okay. we had everything. We had the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, the Nintendo 64. We jumped to Xbox. We had the Xbox 360, and then uh, like we went through all of them. And there was like a thing of like watching someone play. It was yeah, fun It's still a thing. It's a big but thing. But now it's even bigger. And there's also the side of watching them, you know, lose their crap. Like we had the headphone yeah. when they, when they, I think it was the Xbox that we first had it. Like you could be on the. I it just didn't it. tune
0: in. We had those games. We had the Nintendo. I just, I was. You a, were like, I'm going to go. I was a boring the, kid. the
1: sound of music. Like, <laughs> like I was a boring
0: kid. <laughs> the parents I'm were mean. I'm, I'm going, going to compose a instead. No, I
1: was just, I was just a boring kid. I'm going to start my own marketing company. Go back to kindergarten.
0: um so uh, oh, this is so amazing like Twitch is for me is, is so hard to crack just because I'm not from the world but so ah oh, wait going back to the story so I saw the launch of uh, Spider-Man the PS4 version the new yeah, the again. new one the one that's like going crazy now yeah it's one of the best games of the year yeah so I was wondering because like I saw a lot of media around this game though and I didn't I personally don't see a lot of media around most games again maybe it's because like I like the Mar- love the Marvel comics and all that so I was exposed to this more But uh, I felt like this was like a huge media thing, and then going to the game. While I can imagine actually like most gaming company would actually want to focus on getting high, subscribed to streamers, uh,
2: getting the game first, and hyping it through. So usually they do both. Okay. They do both because uh, gaming is becoming a popular culture thing, and everybody's playing that. Um, you do your media acquisition, you get, and we have media acquisition as right. well. But the, I think the key with the influencers, with the creators, is that you give them the beta access, you get feedback because they're going to be the top gamers as well, right. and you get access to uh, beta programs and exposing audiences even before you actually launch the game. Right. So there's, right. Uh, there you can you can always uh, count on creators. To drive more love towards your game. And do you see, are streamers loyal to, mostly do you see that they're loyal to games?
0: Or if you're like a streamer, would you be? playing the same game until you get to a mastery
2: level? They're loyal to their community. That's from my experience right. talking to the to those who I um, interviewed. They're loyal for their community. So they'll play a game that their communities care to watch. Oh. Uh, we also built some mechanisms to let games do direct marketing inside Twitch to uh, audiences. Mm-hmm. So we have a product called Drops that lets games uh, drop loots for viewers. So if you've uh, if you've watched a certain game for a certain amount of time, you will get a skin loot or something like that to get you back from viewing the game to back to playing the game. So this we we're creating these viral loops oh, nice. uh, from watching yeah. to playing and from playing to watching. Yeah, because eventually those companies need you to actually play the game to make money. Yes, need you right. buy the game. To start yeah, playing yeah, the game. exactly. And we're thinking about wild ideas. Like, uh, why wouldn't be nice if you play the game? and in the game you would get uh, a twitch viewer where you can see your favorite streamer actually go through this motion that you're doing right yeah like like like, like a cross crossover yeah. between wouldn't it be awesome if you would have a watch party inside a game with other players Amazing. where it's like it could be very meta where yeah. you go into right. a certain place in a, r- a certain room in a maze where you can see other streamers play the same game that you're playing right now so but but what you said earlier basically means that let's Sounds
1: say like that an I'm a gamer Black Mirror. That's exactly new one
0: <laughs> it actually is I know yeah. um but don't ruin it.
1: it for people we'll Shh. edit
0: it out uh, oh. <laughs> so it actually means that let's say that I'm a gamer and I really like a game but my community says play something else then I, I will probably move and play something else you can do whatever you want no, but, but um, for, um, I think yeah, the
1: key, wanna key here, here it's, you want to yeah. keep your fans you got to keep them entertained with what they want so it's like in the beginning you did thi- it's like when you, I don't know again you need to watch this movie the American meme thing mm-hmm. in the beginning you do what you like and you feel like this is what I'm doing and then all of a sudden you are kind of like living for the likes and for the live and for the stuff, right.
2: But I think here there's a community experience. So um, we've seen streamers try new games and have, having a conversation with the community about what works, about what yeah. not. What's the analytics what is the them? meta?
1: Like, what does that look like? Oh,
2: we, we provide a dashboard, and they use chat a lot to analyze the sentiment of, uh, ah, okay, cool. of the customers. Um, there's also um, things like co- co- uh, viewers uh, interacting with other viewers. I talked to a streamer where every p- new person that joins... The stream Mm -hmm. people say hey welcome welcome to the community and actually making um, people who are joining the stream members of the community there's also a good spirit of, of gifting so we have a feature that lets one viewer gift a subscription to another viewer So, you actually get not just a streamer to uh, viewers interaction, but uh, interaction between viewers. And that's a pretty awesome experience. As a marketer right now, I'm hearing like the supernova version
1: of gamification. Yeah, like, that's what it is it's like you. I mean it's literally gamification but like but it's actually you're just hearing this and you're going wow if you took gamification to the next level like everyone just wants to make it so they can get their stuff going. but if you took it to the next level this is where it goes yeah this when wants- you look at like most marketers you know I'm assuming that a lot of the marketers don't play Fortnite but if you look at the way that they built their structure of how to buy things and what they're doing I, I, I'm i teaching my kid when we walk into a store and they go pop dolls with Fortnite skins I'm like look at my kid and I go it's bullshit don't buy one and he goes why I go because the the skins come out every day and they change it according to whatever is the new pop culture so when you buy a pop th- doll it's going to look like Rick and Morty it's because they just did one Rick and Morty thing it doesn't mean anything like they're just continuously changing and making
2: more money and but more but we skin. used to buy t-shirts NBA t-shirts all the time and we used yeah. to buy merch yeah it's, but it's when you bought a Michael experience. Jordan
1: shirt you had the Michael Jordan shirt but you for know, it them it's the same thing. thing no but when I buy a skin and no okay so I saw a Twitch I saw a Twitch <laughs> Wait a second. I saw a Twitch where the one guy has green hair and his avatar skin had the green hair and he kept with that one because it was like you know kind of it's that's his guy Ninja what? if it's really green hair it's probably, okay, so it Ninja. probably Ninja I don't know but like I was watching this one and I was like okay, okay I get it They're, he's going to keep this skin for as long as possible because it looks like him a little like cool but majority of the time you just buy skins and switch all the time. That's kind of like the whole pop culture that's around Fortnite is what sells you're getting. The one that's most related to what's going on now. It's the same thing.
0: This is like when you listen to music or or watch a group that's you have different T-shirts. You have you know, the,
2: the whole merchandise world is exactly that. It's an experience. I think it's an experience, and it represents the community and your belief and your uh, feelings when you when you join the community. They have cards now. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> just my kids like I got the
1: cards. I'm like, I just bought you the skid, the tier. We gotta go <laughs> play this, man. We got like a hundred to eighty days to get everything on this list. <laughs> so but so I, we're dedicated in my house. I don't know, like.
0: Uh... I'm I'm actually I'm on a crossroad right now because actually I'm thinking two things maybe uh, going more into Twitch and how you do things in Twitch or going to the some more insights that you got because. It's your show.
1: I don't I'll know. go for more insights because the Twitch thing is gonna confuse. That's a, so the amount of information because I've actually, I already more have I talk about. It, I'm more curious. I'll about tell you. Yeah, I'm more curious also. And every time he throws a new little little feature, I'm like, oh crap! I just have an idea for a TV show. Like or I'm like, oh crap! That's another idea but, for a marketing thing. Wait, but but we have to think about our community as well. Yeah. yeah. And
0: I want to focus on on things because eventually our uh, audiences are mostly marketers. Yep. Yeah. And and like, not I guess. Well, maybe some of them are gamers. Uh, um, Really and I think maybe for them it was a good intro for Twitch because they probably just that uh, one of the things that marketers always do is they basically, uh, say oh, oh, this for kids, so we ignore yeah. this and that. This actually they ignore every marketing trend in the world: Snapchat, Musically, yeah. whatever. Um, so, so I actually want to hear. You know what? Let's let's focus a little bit more on Twitch. But I. So right now, what you're doing is you're building like the 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 features for developers, right? So they
2: can so. The, your developers are the game developers. Yes, game okay. developers and streamers. There's companies here in the in Israel like Stream Elements that right. b- build tools for streamers. That's also another type of uh, customers. Right. And people like the developer I talked about, sound alerts that create like unique experiences mm-hmm. on Twitch. That's another type of. So you uh, developer. Uh, like today or you come up with ideas to like how do you about the extra elements you want to add? So my team's job is to build the tools and services, the API. Uh, capabilities of of Twitch in order to surface innovation uh, of developers on top of Twitch. I did this at Slack, the same thing with the bot frameworks, uh, and before that in Android working with developers to build great apps on mobile. Um, We don't choose the innovation. We can hint. We can tell developers what works and what doesn't, uh, but I had a good conversation. I heard a lecture by Eric Schmidt where he said like, when he thought that uh, of acquiring Android, he knew that this will be revolutionary, and he knew that there's going to be a Uber or some sort of company that's going to be radically successful mm-hmm. on the platform. He didn't know which, which one. So every time you build uh, an infrastructure for developers for third party to innovate on, you don't know who's going to be the winner, but you hope and you work very hard to create a a set of winners on top of the. So for
0: so for example, you give the example of uh, giving like sound alerts. Yes. so it's strategically you would open that in the API It's a like possibility exactly. and then what you want to do is that you want to get more and more developers like knowing it's a possibility yeah. showing them hey you can make money of it exactly. this can brand you this, yeah. can this and this and
2: and you hope this feature it would become like super successful. You build the, the tools, the Lego parts, right? And you let developers build the Lego kits, right? Uh, I'm not so, even
1: thinking of Lego. I'm thinking of, like the hammer and the brush. Exactly That's what you're yeah. building. You're yeah, building yeah. the hammer, and you're saying I, it's it's a better uh, investment of your time to build the hammer and let them figure out all the million of op- op- like options of how to do it, rather than you start thinking of which one of those options is going to be the one. That
2: exactly. Makes. And then you have uh, thousands of innovations. And people like Sound Alerts. He's a, a developer out of Germany, and now he's left his Job, which he said is boring, and he's now dedicated to building uh, this business. Which, which he is had, trying really to, he's trying to—he's
1: developing then, something to cure cancer. <laughs> big deal. Yeah. Now he has this, <laughs> uh, and so so
0: basically, this person he develops a sound um, like the sounds, yep.
2: and then he goes and he remarkets it to, to game, streamers to, and we help them a lot and to streamers to streamers and he makes a lot of money out of that so right. in, the, in the last uh, event that uh, TwitchCon event we we announced that he was on track to making a million dollars a year amazing just from that time so how, how do you market to streamers like how do they what's the process for them so if you look at it it's a B2B to C model Streamers are basically a business, and right. they're building their business on Twitch. They engage with their audience, they create an entertaining yeah. experience, and they're making money. It's like opening an of, Etsy shop, in exactly. A way. Like I um, create something, I
1: go on, on Etsy. I was gonna say it's more like an influencer as a business now. It's the same.
2: I, no, I would Etsy say shop a, is more like uh, I'm selling products. I would say it's more of a creation experience. They're right. creating a, a TV show that is engaging and getting people to subscribe. My kids want us to cancel our Netflix account and break it break it down into giving them the money to invest in their favorite streamers. That's the type of that's the competition, right, right at, at our household. Um, so that's that's the type of experiences that we want to. Build. How old are your kids? Uh, Eleven and fourteen they're probably the kids who beat me in Fortnite. Yeah,
1: probably. <laughs> Jonathan basically came here thinking he's going to find somebody to play Fortnite. Yeah, with. that's what I wanted. I never have anyone to do the double like the, the uh, missions that have a friend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and, and then we, so coming back to marketing to streamers, now there are businesses. Uh, if you think of a B2B2C model, you need to give those businesses the tools and services they need to engage right. with their customers. So sound alerts is an example. Uh, another example would be a schedule. You talked about when is a streamer on or not. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, solutions by stream Elements, a company here that lets streamers set when they're, uh, they're going to stream, and that sends a notification to their audience, hey, your favorite streamer is about to come online very soon so uh, what are the tools and services that we can give those businesses in order to get money, fame, and love right. more viewers more engaged monetizing better right so
0: um, so you have this something thing and and you, he has to market through your platform or
2: he can market on his website they go on Twitter they go on any, any platform that they like okay. uh, and we give them the, the tools to do that uh, in order to bring more audience and to engage with them on Twitch so you, as a creator, you go to the website, you buy this capability through so your store. It's like a... you don't buy the capability; they use it, and it's a, a three. It's 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 tied to the uh, alignment that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but when somebody plays a song, uh, like the sound alerts, the streamer gets paid, the developer gets paid, and we get paid as Twitch. So they install all these tools, and these tools help with the monetization and engagement of their viewers. Okay. So wait, let's let's you said the alignment
0: thing, uh, which, uh, which yeah, we know which what it means. Like, yeah, 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 yeah but but the, So let's talk a little, little bit about this, uh,
2: and, and I think we're gonna do a little bit of everything. Okay. Like we're super curious. Oh about my God, it. Yeah. this is. I hope this is not like too complex of a session for you guys. No,
0: no, for me. But what what I'm worried about in a way that this became like we don't know anything about Twitch, and this is basically how to use Twitch. Instead of like a marketing talk, because, yeah. I, because I'm asking things and I'm like i I'm obviously don't
2: know. I'm going to show you how to stream after this session. Oh, okay, okay, we're playing a game. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so then it's so Fortnite setup. <laughs> so I think the premise of what we wanted to talk about is um, when I came here, I created a pre- uh, this time around, I created a presentation mm-hmm. around like best practices from um, from Google, from Amazon, from Slack, from Microsoft about um, what are the best practices that these very successful companies companies. companies do that every startup could use. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talked about one of the things is alignment, which is a very foreign uh, word in Hebrew because Israelis, at least from my experience, it's a very um, zero-sum game uh, culture, Mm -hmm. whether I win and the other person loses or the the other way around. Uh, When I joined Google uh, and I did the negotiation course uh, at Google in the Mountain View, I failed the first time. I came to all the negotiations wanting to win. I will win this negotiation. I will okay. make them lose, and I will make them win. And that's not the... Uh, they're going to cry. Grow- and they're going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to be standing <laughs> and, and, and dancing. dancing. Exactly. Yeah. So, But that's not the way you actually build a, a solid business in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids are now educated to build uh, relationships and to uh, engage with people in a win-win-win uh, scenario. So it's all around the world alignment. And it's, okay. uh, it's a hard word to grasp if you're Israeli. And the key here is that we're all tuned in... in into this world word called wii.fm that's the radio that we have in our brain. Okay. What's in it for me? Hmm. Okay. Right. So everything that we do is driven, whether we buy something or love something or hate something, it's all about what's in it for me. How, right. how can I work with this and what's in it for me and for the people I love? Right. And as a marketeer and as a product person and as any person in your relationship, you need to think about what's in it for the other person so I can create a win-win-win situation. Right. I see a lot of startups coming into the States, a lot of Israeli startups, and say, hey, you really need to buy a license from our software because we're awesome and this is all our capabilities. Who cares? Right. The way other companies go about it, uh, more Silicon Valley companies, they come and say, hey, we understand that you have these three pains. Our solution could actually solve these pains for you, and here's how we can help you. So, they're building the product offering towards the with them, the what's in it for me for their customers. And that's super, super important. Right. I think that's the key for success for products. Uh, we call it customer obsession in Google and Amazon, um, and it's the key for doing proper marketing. So, would you align with saying
0: uh, when you do copywriting, a lot of the time, when you marketing messages, you say like, don't talk about features, talk about benefits. Yeah. So this is kind of little bit product-wise, like product-wise. sales-wise, like company-wise.
2: It could be product-wise. It could not be partnership-wise. It could be working with your employees. Uh, the example that I give in, uh, in my presentation is about how Google saved money by convincing their employees to save on flights. So what they did is an interesting trick. They give you a quota. They say, okay, you're, you're in Tel Aviv and you want to fly to uh, Paris. You get $500. That $500, is, uh, that's your quota for the flight, and it's between business and premium. Now for every dollar that you save, let's say you find a flight for $300, we'll take half of the saving that you took and take it for your next allowance. So now you can save on your, U- on your European flights in order to get a business flight across the Atlantic. Right. So now all the Googlers, smart, intelligent, and very ambitious Googlers, want to fly across the Atlantic doing business so they find the cheapest flights inside Europe. And now the company is saving shitloads of money by just aligning their incentives, which is to save money, with the Googler's incentive, which is to fly across the Atlantic business. But, um... Yeah, because I guess most people
0: don't do the cross Atlantic too much. Yeah, exactly. So like, so like you get like the company has this in
2: the reserve, and and they always get half of their earnings, right? I mean. So th- th- there's always an upside for the company. And as a Googler, I worked very hard to find the cheapest flights in order for me to get the right uh, the right amount of uh, credits for my next uh, U.S. flight. Ah, that's very interesting. And uh, um,
0: do you have, so? I want, I want to try and take it back to like the marketing perspective. Yep. You gave this example from Twitch that basically saying uh, like if they develop and sell, you all get paid. Yep. So like that's their incentive because, go, because for you, you want, you want more people to use the, the tool that you build. Exactly. The gamer
2: wants to get more exposure, love, Create win-win-win situations. Exactly. Uh, and work backwards. That's another point that I had in my talk is working backwards from the customer. Like, I think from a marketing perspective, you talked about not talking about your features or benefits. Talking about it from a customer perspective is the most important thing. We have a product process called PRFAQ. Okay. And Amazon. They're all catchy. It's They're all catchy. PR uh, FAQ is you write the PR of the product and then you write the frequently asked questions that your customers are going to have. Hmm. And that's how you pitch a product inside Amazon. So the first thing you do, you write a page and the first thing you do is write the TechCrunch article for that product. Interesting. It, this as, will change your life. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. this, so you write well, it as if, like, so today Twitch announces X product, this product will give you, ta 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 and will help you, ta 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 So you actually write the what's in it for me, for the customer, as if you were a reporter a Reporter excited about the product. So you immediately connect to the obsession of the customer from the product. Right, now you have you have like all these
0: question like am I giving enough information? Exactly. Is it sounds exciting, really exactly. exciting
2: or So next after the PR section you write all the FAQs. Mm-hmm. And there's like internal FAQs and external FAQs and even rude FAQs hey this product is awesome but are you killing that product no we're not it's going to integrate together so you write all the frequently asked questions that you think your customers are going to have and then you answer them and only then do you write the spec how do you do it in terms of process because I feel
0: like if you sit down let's say you're the product manager for this or the project manager for this you're going to sit down and write your own PR FAQ. FAQ yes um isn't it possible, or if it likely that in a way your brain kind of tweaks your writings and FAQs towards what's easy for you to answer?
2: Is it like a process so, of review? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's very. There's a lot of mechanisms to make sure that this is uh, appropriate. So when I look, when I when my team pitches a product to me, mm-hmm. the first thing they do, if it's a big project, they write the PR FAQ and we review that. Oh, cool. I read the PR. No, that actually,
0: before you even develop the product, Exa- before yeah, you yeah. even yeah. write it. this yeah, is the no, no. pitch. No,
1: no, I I know, but I just I had to because this is what that's what's so cool. Because a lot of the times, first of all, if you're not willing to write it all, then the idea wasn't important enough to you, exactly. and then right. you're not going to be passionate about the project. That's the first thing that kind of the barrier, right? And you find your own. Then you go in your and, your and you do the thing, and you turn around and now and you're explaining it. Not only that, are you explaining it, but the person who's going to read it has the opportunity to go. This excites me. This doesn't excite me, right? Exactly. And then the next part is the questions, which is all the questions you should be asking as a manager, you'll right. be like, oh, what about this? Is this going to happen? What about this? They already have the answers prepared for you before they come to the meeting. It makes everything a lot more efficient right. and fast.
2: Yep. And then Amazing. and yeah. their job is to foresee all the hard questions, the internal yeah. FAQs, the external FAQ, the rude FAQs, mm-hmm. all the, the type of questions. And once you read those, and it's, it's, it shouldn't be uh, the length of the Bible. It's, it's at most six pages. That's the, if you want to read about it, it's the, most. Oh my it's, God! It's
1: the, it's the m- person who writes the six pages. As a manager, I'd be like asshole. I couldn't write in a paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> could lock this down in like one page. <laughs> is there an audiobook version of this? Yeah, of <laughs> can, can you, can I, I can
2: tell time? you that most of my time is spent on reading these PR FAQs mm-hmm. and making decisions about whether this is the right thing to do or not the right thing to do. Yeah, but at least it's a very well educated decision. Yes. To yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the I think that's the key. The key is that if you clearly articulate the value of the Customer and work backwards from the value of the customer, then your marketing is on tune and yeah, your right. product is on tune and everybody is aligned into the customer value rather than the product. So, so the person who's wondering, this, is, like, what, does a marketer get to see this
1: page at one point?
2: Everybody. So, like the key is that uh, you need to get grin lit from uh, an executive, but I bring all of my team to read the PRFAQ. Oh, okay. So, I'll bring the marketing team and I'll bring the support team, and all of them will add more questions that needs hmm. to be answered. Awesome. Um, So you're making this into a holistic experience to begin with, so that it's right, not in terms of product-wise, but a company-wise. Yeah. I want my marketing to be there at the product creation phase in order to give feedback. Because uh, what what worries me about uh, product uh, marketing and design, by the way, is that usually product managers bring those uh, very late in the game. Right. You bring bring this piece of delightful software that you've written, and you say, hey, market please ship it. And they say, oh, it's either good or it's crap. Yeah, we can't market this. this. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants this, but then it's too late. Then I already spent so much amount of time and effort. If you bring design and product and engineering and all of these stakeholders way ahead in the the ideation stage, you save a lot of time uh, about having the right process. I think something is very interesting because we get to talk quite a little about growth hacking
0: and we had Michal here uh, for Monday. So when you talk about the growth process or what growth hacking is, a lot of the time the main idea is you break down silos in your company uh, because like everybody's kind of understanding now that like, if a product sucks, it's not going to fly. Yeah. Like I, I I remember when I, when was that when I started probably like even more before like in terms of like timeline in the world so as a marketer you would get a product and the marketing team would always be like "Ah, it's a shitty product but what can you do they would kind of shrug and then they have to kind of like put tons of money and spin around like a crappy product
1: yeah, they don't believe it in any way at that point. Yeah, there was a no, wall. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Like,
0: like, like this, it was a wall. This, like product, sales, marketing, whatever. Like they don't talk to each other. Yeah. Like products come and says, hey, you pitch this to someone. Like I'll yeah. build this. Sell this, I think this for it's
1: cool. me and then you make it and then you turn to the sales and say, we made it pretty. You sell it. Yeah. You know, like. and, and, and nowadays, with the, the idea is you break down the silos and you understand
0: everything has to come together. So for Monday, It's so, changing. So for changing. Monday, they will have like this growth theme when you have like a, like a design and this and this. They will all sit down into a product. And and it's basically a lot of similar to what you're saying now, yep. because, because basically, if it doesn't work together, then then uh,
2: the machine is not, is not oiled, and yep. something is going to slow it down. Yep. And the key, uh, another aspect is like, who owns it? Right. If, the problem is that if you have these silos product is, is designing on like what, what are we built and then they ship it out, they throw it across the wall, they to don't marketing get yeah. and they say okay now it's, that's your it's problem. A, I don't know if you read the Hitchhiker Guide to the Galaxy but there's like a notion of like SEP field, someone else's problem field Yeah. so you throw it on the other side of the someone else's problem field and you make it marketing's problem, I think that that's horrible um, at Amazon they try to solve it but having like a single threaded owner, this is a single Person Mm -hmm. whose job it is to envision the idea, make sure that the idea is uh, built correctly, marketed correctly, and then measure. And he and he or she is accountable for the entire process. So you have
1: developers now being more involved with the process.
2: Yeah, it
1: it
0: also loops me back into uh you have this process which is basically you have from your when he was here was talking about how they redesigned the website and he said like every time somebody came in with an opinion or what we should do he said like no problem would you sign the accountability with me yes it's so, like when, once you say like uh like would you be accountable do, do whatever you want
1: man sure
0: just an opinion do whatever you want
2: so this is the same thing exactly so um i am a strong believer in a single threaded owner and having teams that are working together accountable for everything right like so uh, how how does this process work? Let's say you
0: you own the project, and now you have marketing and you have developers. Uh, so you are all in. You start developing the product. How does the feedback loop go? Loop goes. How does uh, because like sometimes you like what they do, sometimes you don't. Yeah, that's. How I'm
1: right. I'm also there. Like my question is a little different, but it was like I was about to ask like. If now now a developer is supposed to be expected to know what's good marketing, and what's not good marketing. No but like, no, but he's supposed to get interested? feedback from
0: the marketer saying like this, and this like, this is interesting, this is not interesting. Like, we talk to the market, the market says A, B, and C. So you're focusing on different things. They would actually really
2: love to get this versus that. Yeah So I can give you an example of what we really worked at Google mm-hmm. and Slack, and it's, that's called a design sprint. Mm-hmm. So what you do when you envision a product, the first thing you do is you bring customers in and you, the entire, so you bring the entire team. You bring the marketeer and you bring the key way and you bring engineering and product and all of them and you bring uh, business stakeholders to a, a lengthy uh, workshop. And the first thing you do is you bring customers in to hear about the pain or the need. And then you, you tell the customer, thank you, goodbye, and now you start brainstorming. You analyze the need, everybody's involved, everybody's bought in, and then you start prototyping. And you bring a designer and an engineer to do some simple prototyping, and the entire team votes on the on the prototype that they like, so it's a right. lot of like you create eight solutions and and people vote on them and choose the right uh, the the right the one they think that they assume is right. the right solution. And at the end of this process, you bring the customers back. That's the magic. And then you say, hey, we have this one or two prototype. Why don't you give us feedback on? And only at the at the end of this of the, this this design sprint, you have a prototype that everybody's bought into and the customers have already given feedback. Now you go and develop it. So it's not such a, because I imagine it more as a, a very
0: lonely experience, basically. If you having, like you meeting with this team and this team and you have to kind of bring everything
2: together, but you're saying the process no, is actually very Super collaborative. Super, yeah. super collaborative. I can tell you that I run hundreds of design sprints at Google and in, in Slack, and it's always bringing as many people, as many stakeholders uh, to the table. Is it, is it like in a hackathon form, usually? Like, like do this as yeah, a long experience? I, it's a hackathon done right. Okay. It's a hackathon <laughs> with a direction. <laughs> hackathon yeah. with the actual customers. Yeah, with it's all not pizza. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The pizza delivery system. <laughs> um, Every I, hackathon makes one of those. I can give you a, a concrete example. At Google, I created a website uh, for how does Google help uh, entrepreneurs. And uh, w- the performance was not good. The conversion and the funnel was all broken up. But I designed it, and I thought I was an awesome designer. So yeah. I said, yeah, and why people suck. They don't, <laughs> they don't understand. My. So we actually did a design Sprint, we brought an audience in of um, founders. And we you give them a piece of paper and you say, hey, you're a founder, you landed on this site, and you need to understand what is the value that Google has for founders. And then you sit on your on your hands and you need to shut up and you ask them to vocalize their thoughts. And the most common thing they said they said in that session is I'm confused. And I was like, my heart was broken. Yeah. And, like, and the marketeer is like looking at me saying, you see? You see why this sucks? You see why yeah, this like sucks? Slaps you in the face. <laughs> so it gives like, like I, understand, I don't understand this tagline. It slaps you in the face.
0: Exactly. Like a...
2: And then we did a brainstorm and we actually like spent two days redesigning the, the, the website. And everybody is collaborat- uh, collaborating. And then we brought a, a set of a new, founder, a new founders to look at the new design. And their most common word was, I get it. Right, and that's the magic. The magic is not like being hubris and saying, "Hey, I know what's good for the masses." The magic right. is like with this collaborative, highly expensive, bringing a lot of people early on, spending a lot of thought process. So you actually get things right initially, so rather than spending a lot yeah, of. What, one second,
1: just I didn't need the ask because like I just want to understand. Because yes, this sounds great. That's Google. That's Slack. These are massive, massive companies. When I'm going back now to any of the smaller startups that I'm working with, how, how, do, how do you pitch this to them as the concept that's going to work when, when you know they're coming up with features really fast, they just want to keep moving? And the process you're saying sounds like a big process, a long process. It might be the right process, but isn't there something
2: that's being lost in the concept of how fast you can get things done? I don't think so. I think the, the cost of building the wrong thing is much more expensive than uh, planning ahead. I think the okay. key is that you can you can launch a lot of shitty products in a very uh, fast velocity, yeah. or you can launch a little bit less of velocity, but the right products. So wait, know, but is that, okay, so I'm, this is
1: really, really fundamental for me, because I hate this. People tell me this all the time, because I'm a perfectionist in my brain, so it stops me from doing a lot of stuff. I want to make sure that everything's right and everything's going to work before I actually start doing it, and that there's a real plan. But here there's the mentality here in Israel, a lot about media and the world moves so fast, at such a fast pace. Let's just get things out as fast as possible and then we will learn from every mistake and keep moving forward. So I think you
2: should learn from every mistake, but you should, the, the key Try of not just... not to make mistakes. Exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. Doing the right experiment. Like, I would say like, I'm all for experiments, but if I had a mechanism of choosing the right experiments, which are more likely to be successful, then that's an awesome outcome. Yeah. And a uh, design sprint could take a single day. Uh, by the way, Google Ventures, that's how they run uh, with their own portfolio. So it's a very common practice, and for every startup in the Silicon Valley, to run design sprint and bring customers. I think what I don't know if Pautun does that or not, but like it's very rare for PMs to actually engage and see how people are interacting with their product in real life, and that's a very enlightening experience. Marketeers have the feeling of what works and what doesn't, but actually seeing the customers look at the product and say, hey, I don't know what, what, what I need to do now. Right. Seeing the confused face, that's the key uh, moment where the PM understands, oh shit, I'm not building the right product. Using okay. your product is not your customer using your product. When when we use Slack inside Slack, we use it in a fundamentally different ways. So okay. when when we went to the to our customers and they use Slack outside, we were shocked about how they use Slack. No, I agree
1: with you too. There's another thing that happens here where I don't think there's a lot of uh, and Roy, correct me because you also worked a lot of different companies that I haven't worked with, but there's not a lot of people who do who bring in users. No, so I, I to, think. To actually I, I, so what things. you said exactly. before
0: about moving really faster, I think there's a distinction between being fast and efficient because. Uh, I'll give you. I give you an example we had today. Uh, so we're opening like a new. It's a new project we're working on. We have a new designer. She's on board. So we gave her like a brief. She went on. She did it. Uh, we actually discussed today that the design cycle was too long because we had took a lot of time to give it feedback. And we basically gave her feedback, and she was about to go and work on it. So what we did instead this time was saying like, okay, let's stop for a moment. Let's talk about the feedback. And then she can give you in like 24 hours, like really better design, not another guesswork of like what she would have designed or what do we want to do. Like she got actual feedback. She gave like a few, like we mocked up a few things. And it's obvious that the next iteration will be much faster and much more accurate. So there, I, I get what you're saying. A lot of Israeli companies, is the, they have, this, uh, you have to ha- yeah, this method of you, you hit the, ra- the ground running. Yeah. Which is get something up fast. Instead of saying, wait, so it's not going to be up tomorrow. It's going to be up next week. It's going to be more accurate. And what usually happens is that they start with a basic level of something that they're doing really wrong. And they're not really iterating on this anymore. Yep. They're just like they're just basically evolving a mistake that they've made, yep. and they're gonna wait for six months. We're gonna get till we get funded, whatever, until we uh, relook at the f- basic really big mistake we've done, because
2: we've urged you to do this in a day versus doing it right. And um, the outcome, if you look at the goals. The outcome is longer and poor and less right. performance. Also, in terms of, by the
0: way, team motivation. Yeah. Because like the person who owns the project, it was who he was. He wanted to bring his expertise. Now he didn't bring in his expertise. He was just rushed into doing whatever was already kind of predecided by the CEO usually. Yeah. Because he had a vision. He's not a designer, but he had a design vision. He's not a product person, but he has a product vision. And instead of just like. Doing it because the sprint can actually also happen even in a day. You can get so much more done. Like you have a day, everybody's on it. You see the feedback. You talk. You describe.
2: The next day, everybody's are aligned. All, yeah, they know what to do and they're bought in.
0: Yeah, yeah like 40% more advanced than you were when you just said when you were just with your
2: team saying let's build this, because like you're already much more accurate. And when you when you go to the marketeer and you say, "Hey, this is what we built," they're already bought in.
1: Yeah, they're already they're the the know. They're so
2: excited. So, a so question that I have, I know we don't have a lot, uh,
0: a lot more time because I know you're you have a hard stop. Uh, um, and I think for me, this like two things. One, I want to weigh in on what you said about you seeing how people use your product. One of the first things we do. When we go into a new project with a company, the bigger, by the way, the more we do it, is that we even use there's a free platform called uh, there's user testing. I think it's called usertesting.com, and they have this free version which is like peek p e k dot which we basically put in your landing page or whatever, and they send it randomly to someone. So one of the first things we started doing before we actually go into the project is that we make our customers sit and watch five sessions of those. Because when you tap in, especially as an agency, which is a whole different conversation, and so they already sure that what they have did was perfect. Yeah. They brought you in because they have to. We already know this, we know every answer, and when you bring in your th- your things, you have to fight with them versus their opinion about what they think is amazing. So the first thing we do is like, listen. You let
1: them talk for you. No, <laughs> I I, I,
0: I, I, say, I put it and said like, listen, like, this is the process we're gonna do, this is the baseline, like, what you think is perfect, that you know your audience best, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. it's also not bulletproof. And this is part of the experimentation thing, and how yeah. we're gonna work together to make this better. So. Everybody, and this is like the
2: question I have for you. Basically, like everybody's ego needs to be broken and put aside. Yeah, there's. um, Eden likes to say. Eden Shochat, my my friend from Aleph, here, likes to say that uh, assume is making an ass out of you and me. And I think like removing the ego from the process and. PMs that I really like and marketeers that I really like are obsessed about their customer needs, not about their products. Right. And are obsessed about the the metrics and how they're moving the metrics and the goals rather than tasks that they need to to perform. And I think that's the the most important part. So when you do a sprint, when you have so many people in a process,
0: in the same room, having to execute and talking about designers, marketers, coders... Uh, product managers they're all like
2: usually super super high ego if they're high ego they won't work for for me or you need to be humble you need to be opinionated but if you if you are if you have ego issues, you probably don't fit in the in, in the big or, companies. That. Like I, their I HR would screen you out. I was in an
1: office out. once where this the person uh, it was actually we were in the R and D for building bags, camera bags and stuff like that. And uh, the woman who was in charge took a nail and nailed it into the front of the room and put a hanger on top and it said, "Check your ego here." Yep. Mm. Right before you come into the designing studio where you're going to play with materials and start trying giant
2: yep. stuff, that was what. Uh, I, I love that, and I, yeah. I think the keys the what Slack uses as the word is empathy mm-hmm. you need to be very empathetic with your customer and you need to remove the things that you think about yourself but, but I'm talking internally yeah, both internally yeah. like if I see one of my teams acting with an ego in mind I, I give them a the piece of my mind the key right. is here like none of us are important if we don't solve the problem for the customer right, right. zero ego amazing
0: I know I know. we like we have right we have to yeah, we have stop to, yeah. in stop a few now. minutes
1: because it's a busy man uh, yeah but Sorry. I, I want to know guess, <laughs> there's
0: so much I want to ask
1: um, Jonathan you take the last question so I don't have like the oh, so, I, I, that? I'm, I'm already I have so many things buzzing in my head right now I have no idea I'm, yeah. I'm all over the place I have like a million because, ideas I need to write down right now and I don't want to make noises on the mic so <laughs> I want
0: to. I, I kind of want to step more into like the marketing to this yep. like developer world and the community because uh, because everything you did eventually goes into marketing into the community of developers that are usually around the product. Yeah. So usually when you come in, it's already around the, like Slack has had a following. Yeah. For example. And you were just like having that following and kinda of educating or form or like formulating the conversation or the relationship?
2: I think the key is um, they they bring me in, companies bring me in mm-hmm. when there needs to be when uh, developers could improve a product beyond the capabilities of the internal right. system. So Twitch could become much, much better with developers involved if all the games are integrated right. to the Twitch experience. Android is kinda every mobile phone is kinda useless without the apps. So so right. my, my magic is to have the radical empathy to create uh, uh, places where developers could build and be successful. I want to manage myself by the amount of money I pay out to developers, right. by the success of developers on What's usually products. your first step? Well, like, you go to Slack, you went to Twitch, uh, very different I guess very different. Redo to the, the website. No, I'm just <laughs> sorry. <laughs> my, my first <laughs> approach is to interview as many developers as I can from your from the existing community from the existing community people who have already used it who have failed the pain of the first versions what do you like can, about what do you hate exactly, about exactly and and build a lot of empathy towards those developers understand what they what motivates them what sucks like what i don't like uh, again is execs that's when people say this is broken, they say it's by design. Yeah. This is what we wanted. You need to say, hey, it's it's broken, I'm sorry, we'll yeah. work together to make this. Like, help me. Exactly. And and being a part of the community and not managing a community. Right. I think that's the most important thing That it, is that you are a developer helping other developers. Right. And being a member of the community helps you. And it's the same thing for all of my PMs. All of my product, all of my marketeers need to develop on the things that they use. They need to eat their own dog food in order to develop empathy towards what we're asking our developers to actually do. When you get those feedbacks, do you focus on the negative or the positive, or both? I focus on everything. I I I absorb everything, and then I write it down. Uh, I I want to double down on the good things, and I want to fix the bad things. Awesome. And um, to... Micro questions. Yes, and I'm pushing the time
0: limit over. Um, So one is that do you get like so you interview the 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 first batches of developers? Do you try to like to create your micro? I don't say community, but network of developers you keep in touch
2: with versus, or do you always just like seek out for new ones? I I build a core community of influencers, of people who are like the first people who bet on the platform mm-hmm. are usually the people who are opinionated and know what right. needs to happen, and then you have the top players, people who you want to get into their, uh, to you want them to build on the platform, right. so you go and engage with them, and on, on an ongoing basis, you need to. I do an interview per week usually. Yeah. Uh, with new people, and I bring people, and I, I at Slack I used to actually buy vouchers at at, uh, at the supermarket for Amazon vouchers to pay developers to just come mm. and play with the platform, so I can just look and see and have my PMs look at of what they're doing. So God, uh, it's ongoing empathy for marketeers, for product, for engineers. And second micro question
0: is so let's say you build a new product, you've built a new iteration. How do you push out uh,
2: like the effort? Like how do you market it to that community? So it's a combination of content. We write content. We like a blog post. Uh, a blog post. We do a video because now it's Twitch. So yeah. uh, we do a weekly video. You develop uh, the product exactly. A so streaming. we use our <laughs> own product again. Using the own product is super important. Uh, so we use uh, video. We use we use Twitter. Um, we do a little bit of Instagram, but mainly uh, Medium has been working very well for us at Slack um, and developers care about things that are different than other people. For example, we found at Slack that an RSS feed is super useful. So they, they write their own schema to read your RSS feed and if you update them there, they're super happy with it. Like
0: they're waiting they are actually also like waiting for exactly. you. it's not like marketing to like the to the new like marketing to the existing community versus the new one is very different. Yep. Because the existing one they're actually waiting for you because they're accounting on you to help them develop
2: as yeah. well. And then we do a big event once a year called TwitchCon. We had uh, twenty five thousand live yeah. concurrent viewers for our keynotes and and a million point three views in the first day. So oh developers are excited about this. Amazing! Thank you so much of for joining Thank again. you thank for you. having me.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. No. I have so many questions. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, uh, and thank you everybody for tuning in and listen. Uh, if you enjoy this episode and all the other
1: episodes, don't forget to Jonathan thank like, share, it. subscribe, and tell a friend, a loved one. About our amazing podcast. Also, I want to thank you, uh, thank Rise for for having us here. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Rise. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and you want to mention
0: that. Uh, this... So, so you should okay, you should be in the lookout because we're gonna announce. Uh, in a special show, or a 5 minutes bit, whatever, uh, the giveaway of giveaways. What it is? Well, you have to follow the yeah. podcast to learn what it is uh, because we have some amazing things for you. All right. Okay, well, thanks again. Thank you for so having me again. Yeah, this us.
2: has been awesome.